0: From the production company behind Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, comes a Superman movie so bad, it'll likely kill the entire franchise for 19 years. Fight
1: stop! Stop! That's enough!
0: Superman 4, the quest for peace. Christopher Reeve is back for one last paycheck as Superman in one of the corniest movies of the decade, which is saying a lot since this is the 80s. Recoil in horror at the return of mentally unstable actress Margot Gitter. Superman! As she struggles to play Lois Lane. He's
1: doing his best to make sure that it'll be all right for the rest of us.
0: Behold, the super sight of two grown men in spandex going toe-to-toe in some of the most poorly executed sissy fights ever put to celluloid. He scratched him? Superman lost from a scratch? That made no sense. Marvel at Superman's powers that you know and love and stare in wide-eyed disbelief at these new completely made-up powers like rebuilding the Great Wall of China with his eyes, lowering people with his mind, and helping this woman breathe in outer space. Superman IV, the quest for peace. Man, this movie's bad. At least it's not Marvel, right? Those guys will never figure out how to make movies. Comrades, welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where each Monday we
1: pair the finest of cocktails with the finest of graphic novels and comic books. All the recipes for the drinks you hear on the show can be found at our website, www.funnybooksandfirewater.com. Also, on that website, you can find links to our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Also, if you like what you hear, give us a like on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever service you downloaded this from, and uh, leave us a nice comment. If you have anything else you'd like to tell us uh, and get in contact with us, there's also a contact tab on our website. This week, we were discussing the 2003 prestige comic Red Sun, written by Mark Millar with artists Dave Johnson, Killian Plunkett, andrew robinson and walden wong dun 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 and it's recording okay wait i have to shit recording and oh shit wait where are we uh okay so we are in episode eight which according to adam is the uh the big uh, precipice mark of us being a true podcast or something to that effect uh so yeah um, awesome awesome wow. okay we're back so cool. So uh, we are coming to you uh, on this lovely Sunday afternoon. We're recording it. You're probably hearing it on Monday or thereafter. Uh, and I am. Uh, I'll start with me today. I'm uh, the host, sort of, I guess. Uh, name's Brian. The wrangler. Just, the, you're the The cat wrangler. you whoopi on the field. <laughs> oh, was whoopi the cat wrangler? I
2: thought it was always uh, Barbara. No, well, no, she, she, has, she, has, gosh, she hasn't been on the show for a long last time. I Although Whoopi's about to retire. Anyway, let me go ahead and interrupt your, your introduction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: it's all good. Uh, yeah, one so.
2: i in I can't help myself.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? If this is going to be a drunkie show, it's going to be a drunkie show. It's going to be really fun. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm doing a couple shows for Lyric uh, Rep in Logan, Utah. Uh, the first one opens on. I look the shit up. I really should. Oh my god,
2: come prepared.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I've come prepared on everything else. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. It opens like June something um, and, <laughs> and, and runs through July into like August. Uh, I'm doing three shows. I'm doing the arsenic and old lace which is not that D. it's just arsenic and old lace i'm doing baskerville which has a shit ton of sound cues already and i'm doing uh you can't take it with you they are doing a musical they are doing sing in the rain i'm not designing that i'm sure it'll be a fine production if you're in the area and you want to check it out i've just done that show before and i was like yeah, you know what i don't really need to do a musical i've done a lot in my life um mm-hmm. and then uh we will go to utah where todd is with us hey
3: i'm todd i'm just here and. In- just north of Salt Lake City, just here for the ride and drinking
1: a little too much today. Which is always a good sign for this show. Uh <laughs> and then uh we are missing the Adam today. He is off uh doing whatever we uh, I promised him that we would say terrible shit behind his back while he was gone, so uh, be oh, prepared good. for the minute. That- yes. yes. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I dropped That's the C word. word are we are we allowed yeah. to use that one on this podcast? I put an explicit warning on it so you can say what you need to, do, I guess. Um, the best don't. insult
3: I've ever heard is calling someone an ankle because that's three feet beneath the cunt.
1: Oh. <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> uh the, Okay.
3: That good. That good.
1: <laughs> this is the show, kids. Um, so, uh, And those dulcet tones you've been hearing calling people... Uh, various <laughs> graphic things is the lovely and talented Q. Hi!
2: Uh, so, uh, I'm currently des- uh, costume designing 1776 support tobacco players. Uh, for those of you in the Southern Maryland, uh, D.C. area, uh, it's sure to be great. I have been throwing some crazy-ass patterns together Um should be a good time. Uh, and then this this Christmas, I'll be um, custom designing White Christmas, which I'm also super excited about. I already have uh, one of my amazing seamstresses looking for some uh, black velvet to make that iconic Rosemary Clooney, uh, originally designed by Edith Headgown. Um, and uh, yeah, I've... I've I also, so last night I went and saw the RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Battle of the Season show. It was frickin' amazing. So for those of you who uh, enjoy drag, go get tickets to wherever it is, the city near you. Um, also just go out and support your own local queens. Like, that's, that's some good stuff too. Uh, but the show last night, incredible. Lots of live singing, which I love a, a queen who, can li- who sings live. Michelle Visage brought the frickin' house down with a version of Madonna's Take a Bow. I was gagging on the <laughs> costumes and even though i'm not a huge violet tchotchke fan for those of you who uh, like rupaul's drag race she did a burlesque number oh my god it was a striptease she was giving you some gypsy rosalie realness it was incredible anyway I'm, i just had to throw a plug out there for people who enjoy that kind of stuff because i know that we are the premier podcast for nerdy drag queens
1: actually yeah i think we are which is kind of an awesome demographic to have i have to say i love all of you it's amazing yes um no, I the first time I ever saw like a sort of pseudo uh, burlesque show was I saw uh, of a friend of mine who's in uh, the band Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. He's uh, he's Bobby Ricotta is his stage name. He's a buddy of mine. And uh, they had this girl who came out, and I guess she does a few shows with him as their burlesque dancer. But it was fucked up because since I'm friends with uh, Bobby Ricotta, uh, whose real name I won't say. But uh, since I'm friends with him, I'm hanging out with him after the show. And like her little kid comes up and is like hanging out with her. And I'm just like oh that's weird like look my mommy can shake her titties on stage like it was very strange yeah, but so you, yeah. don't, you don't know her life you don't know her journey you know what that's cool <laughs> I, you know, my prudish mormon upbringing rears its ugly head every so often I know, my poor wife every once in a while will be like hey that's a thing right and she'll be like what the fuck are you talking about i'm like oh <laughs> right so uh, i was at the grocery
3: store this morning and there's this woman dressed up as a belly dancer wearing a tail
1: a why tail. the tail
3: I don't know. I but, think that's a
2: thing with the kids these days. The, the, the tail, it's like the raccoon, it was like a raccoon tail. Yeah, it was like a full fledged yeah. raccoon
3: tail, came down to like her knees, just bobbing yeah. in the back. I'm like,
2: huh? All right. Very bizarre. Kids, what the hell's wrong with these kids today?
1: <laughs> we do get very old, manny on this show. <laughs> we do. Damn, kids. Uh, I know. No, come on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so
2: anyway, so today we're talking about the Red
1: Sun. <laughs> we are talking about the Red Sun. Thank you for that segue as we wander yeah. so, we so, through the desert of random side notes and cute us back to the point. That's amazing. <laughs>
2: Um, so I just got really excited. So I want to share my cocktail that I thought up, and I'm kind of drinking, although uh, you know it's just vodka. Um, so no, so I came up with a drink. It's called the the Red Sun. Oh, nice. And you just get a, a glass of vodka, and you put some red food coloring in it, and you drink it. <laughs> 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 and that's the Red Sun. Because obviously, only the proletariat would ever want flavor in their vodka. Hey,
1: comrade, hey,
2: hey. <laughs> well, oh, no, 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 the proletariat is the good people. That's the workers. Yeah. No, it's the, the bourgeoisie. The uh, bourgeoisie would would put grenadine in it and make it taste like cherries. No, bourgeois. I just want my vodka to taste <laughs> taste like vodka. Wow. Well, Yes. So, so just, just a little red food coloring, swish it around in there, take it to the face.
3: I do enjoy your uh, purity in <coughs> <and> your drink <dream laughs> choice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Um, so obviously, you also need like a good Russian vodka. I drink Smirnoff, um, but a good Stolichnaya would also be would also be good. There's also, as uh, Brian was talking before we started recording, um, there was a Russian vodka I can't obviously remember the name, so it's unpronounceable that my dad got for a, a work gift. He he does some work in the in the former USSR, and um, so when Brian's sister got married, I opened the bottle and put it into a water bottle to take with me to utah
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i filled it back up with water because obviously my parents don't drink so there'd be absolutely no <laughs> way that they would know that i stole this vodka because obviously <laughs> they, they they wouldn't have gonna and then you know we we drank it at the wedding i remember your mom catching us um, oh, did she really at the Yeah, at the, um, where were we? We were at the country club. Yes, (laughs) I remember this. Yeah, and we, we like, (laughs) went around the corner. We were drinking out of my, my my Salt Lake City flask.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, yeah, it was good times. It wasn't until years later when my dad was cleaning out his office that he found the bottle. And he was like, oh, I guess we should, I should give this to somebody. He's like, don't worry about it. It's just water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I drank that shit like five years ago.
1: <laughs> the other great story that haunts me, actually, it doesn't haunt me. I love this story. And I tell it a lot from that wedding. was uh, So we're at my sister's wedding. And a friend of mine, like the first girl I ever went on a date with. Uh, she is there with her kid because it's a Utah reception so her kids like going all crazy and my mom kind of in that subtle like hey go talk to her PS keep that kid under control she's making me crazy kind of way like hey why don't you go talk to her so I go over and I talk to this girl and uh, you know you know it's kind of going on or whatever and then uh, and then someone else walks up and they go hey so is that kid yours and she goes yep and she goes uh, looks at me and she goes could have been his and who had gotten his act together. And I was like, wow, that's terribly awkward. So then for the rest of the evening, people kept saying, hey, so, you know, your younger sister got married, which is a big taboo in Utah. It's like, so when are you getting married? And, of course, Q would come up, throw his arm around me and go, when it's legal. When it's
2: legal. When it's legal. And now it is. And then 10 years later, you got married I did. Too. I did finally get married to the those most, legal. So. To the most beautiful girl in the world. is very, very true. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, so uh, so
1: I'm drinking vodka. Um okay. food coloring. Yeah. Oh. So, uh Todd, what are you drinking today? Well I've
3: got a drink for the bourgeoisie as has so But the one I found online, it's called From Moscow with Love. Okay. And it almost sounds like Apple teeny grape, doesn't it? It does. I feel like JD from scratch. Nice. But it's uh, vodka with a bunch of grapes, some brown sugar, and some club soda. And you just shake that shit up and pour it in. I've had four of them today.
1: Ah, uh, so it's good, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really good. So,
3: yeah, I'm feeling great. Okay. Grape and brown sugar. That sounds crazy. It is. Uh, it's just a teaspoon of brown sugar, so it just sweetens it up just a little bit. And I have What's Sky that? Vodka, so I just you use that. bourgeoisie <laughs> bastard. I know. <laughs> so Sky Vodka, a couple of grapes. <laughs> so you put the grapes and the brown sugar in the bottom of your uh, shaker, and you muddle it a little bit. I took a okay. wooden spoon. And then you throw in the ice, Then you throw in the vodka, and you shake the shit out of it. And you pour it into your drink, and you add soda water. Oh. Uh, that's first nice. Of, first of all, I've lost all respect for you. You don't have a muddler.
1: How dare you, sir? How dare I, you?
3: I know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's He's what kicking I with the common mean, man. That's why he only has a muddler. He doesn't have a muddler. You know. That's yeah. right. Common people don't have muddlers. That's just how they Oh, uh, Okay. They just use their shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the big glass you can put your shoe in there we're this 11
2: minutes show. into this and this is some bullshit already
1: <laughs> uh, this is the shit i love though is the random ramblings this is the stuff that i think is awesome <laughs> like yeah here just go off completely off the uh, reservation on this uh and so then i didn't know what uh you know everybody else was going to recommend so um and i've just been working like crazy this week but uh so my recommendation would be they either a lovely moscow mule which is one of my favorite drinks and uh super hip and popular so it's really easy to find one around or recipes online but i'll probably post one um or if you are a lebowski fan as myself is uh, as myself is wow i have not had that much to drink um uh as i am uh, there's always the classic white russian um or if you want to go you know space and russia you can go with a uh cosmonaut which is a screwdriver with tang and if you want to go Red Red Sun, you can use the Strawberry Tang. And then you kind of got like a, a Superman Red Sun thing. So, like, those are my recommendations. And I'll probably post a few of those on our website.
0: Um, so, yeah, that,
1: I'm kind of glad no one picked those. I kind of expected someone else to use those. So, I'm like, well, okay, I'll just kind of keep my mouth shut till the end and then use whatever one isn't taken. Uh, fantastic. Okay, so as we've discussed, comrades, we are reading uh, this week uh, The Red Sun by Mark Millar with art by Dave Johnson and Killian Plunkett um and uh so this was basically it's a really simple story to explain to people it goes on the concept of what happens if superman lands in russia instead of lands in uh kansas which as they say is only like a 12-hour change so if you know if the earth keeps rotating and he doesn't land in russia he lands in or he doesn't land in kansas he lands in russia uh it does get into some interesting issues i guess we could say um one thing I kind of like to start out on that I had never really thought about but this book brought up is I'd never really thought about the, of what superheroes like Superman and Batman and a lot of those like very American-ish uh, superheroes look like from a European perspective because of, all of a sudden you're looking at Superman as a hero from, you know, the other side of the, uh, of the pond and way over. Uh, so I mean I don't know do you have any thoughts or ideas as to you know what that experience has got to be like growing up with Superman being an American idea rather than like a, a, or a foreign country's ideal I mean because I, I, it seems to resonate because I mean this, the author of this is British and there's a lot of British comic book writers who have gotten into comics. it's kind of an interesting thought um, viewing this art form from a foreign perspective
2: I honestly have no idea what you just okay. said <laughs> <laughs> you apparently went too deep too fast um, that's what she that's said. That's what
3: she said. Um. Q, the replacement for that phrase is, that's how my grandma died. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. That's morbid and awesome.
3: That's horrible. <laughs> so whatever um, you want to say, that's what she said, just say, that's how my grandma died.
1: <laughs> that's the politically correct way that I can now say that at work. That's fantastic. Um, Which, no, I, I mean, The idea, so, is, I guess... The... So, so,
2: so, so you are talking about how, how we, like, Europeans... Like, give the, you the American idiom idiom of superheroes?
1: Well, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. Because, like, I'm just thinking about the fact that, like, comic books are such an American medium for the most part. I mean, you have manga in Japan and you have some European comic books, but, like, it's really a, a, a big art form from here. And I never really, I mean, just being a, a, a horrible American, just thought only about it as, you know, our art form. I never really thought about how our heroes are viewed and how much it would kind of suck. Because you kind of always, I mean, at least for me, I always kind of grew up thinking that even though Metropolis and Gotham City are fictional places, I kind of still pictured them in America. Well, obviously. So it's just interesting to like, okay, so if you grew up in England or in Russia or something like that, do you make the same assumption that Metropolis... I mean, Metropolis can't because it's in Kansas, obviously, but, like, Gotham City, where they don't really say where it is, I mean, I always kind of thought of it, like, as a Chicago or a Philadelphia or a well, New see, York.
2: Well, the thing is, I was, I was a vision because um, Metropolis was quote, so far away, it was, like, the really big city. I always thought Metropolis was Chicago, mm-hmm. and I always thought that um, Gotham was New York. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the thing is that, I, I mean, from like if you're talking about that like just think about how how you know superheroes were viewed in watchmen like once again that was a an english person writing american superheroes and how fucked up that was mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i, I, I don't know I, I i i don't really have much to say on that topic like i'm not really sure like like how different it is but it, it just always seems that uh you know i, I don't know if it's the fact that they're American or if it's the fact that they're just superheroes, but obviously, um, anytime you have, like, one of these World type tales, obviously it's super depressing, and it just gets super depressing real fast because it just kind of takes what was, like, shiny happy about the superhero stories and just flips it on, on its ear, um, and obviously in this story, uh, America turns into a fucking wasteland. Mm-hmm. Because obviously capitalism is terrible, um, so I mean, uh, it, it, is that a, more of a comment about how Mark Millar views America? Probably not. It's probably more of the obviously uh, Superman and his communist regime sort of views America. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have much. I don't have much else to comment about that.
1: Okay, Todd, do you have anything to add to that?
3: You know, looking at it from my point of view is you've got these superheroes which is flights of fancies anyways and a lot of people enjoy these stories and imagine themselves in it and if you're imagining yourself in it who cares where it's at? I mean if you're going off into make believe anyways what's the point if it's in New York City or Neverland or next door? I mean Captain America Civil War seems to be doing just fine overseas
1: well that's because also it takes place overseas as well in a lot of positions you know
3: well,
2: sure, but it's Captain America. Well, and, well, and the other <laughs> thing is that the in this story, um, like, the bad guy is the American. Um, Lex Luthor is, mm-hmm. is the American, and then, um, you know, Wonder Woman's obviously from uh, Themyscira anyway, but even Batman somehow in this twisted thing is shifted into uh, Russia, which uh, obviously the kid didn't have to be Bruce Wayne. He was just then... Becomes Batman. This this poor, uh, mm-hmm. which is why I think they don't ever use a name, um, uh, yeah. for for the character of Batman, or at least the first Batman in in this story. Um, spoiler alert: There's many more that come. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, y- you
1: know, I, I, That's spoiler alert. You said spur alert, and I was like, wow, spur- watching out for cowboys.
2: I have I have extreme uh, perfect diction, obviously. How dare you? <laughs> which um, one you drink? Thanks, Adrian Moore. Um, <laughs> I had a meeting with her the other day. Did you? She was <laughs> on um, a conference call. Anyway. But anyway, the um, I I, I kind of like this story as I as I've mentioned before. Like I I like a good elseworlds tale. I like a good uh, alternate reality. Um, I thought. I thought that it was a very interesting concept, especially the fact that they didn't try to make it just current, like how um, a lot of uh, comic books when they reboot, it's like all of a sudden everything's present day. So like Superman is only like 21 years old again, and I'm just like, mm, I, I I think rebooting like how DC does a lot, like they're about to come out with Rebirth. Oh. I think that really. Um, is disingenuous to a lot of the characters because, like, for example, if Superman had just started and he's 20-some-odd years old, so he's only, like, 25, can you think about a millennial Superman? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on millennials because, you know, I have friends who are that. But it's like, Superman would totally be, like... Show, you know taking pictures of himself flying on instagram being like hey guys but <laughs> like, like, like you know what i mean so so to me i'm like a, a lot of that kind of stuff seems disingenuous. whereas like this story they still started back in you know the 1950s um which to me is you know much more interesting and in seeing then how how history changes because of um because of this whole superman thing which i thought was much more interesting um the fact that Nixon was assassinated instead of Kennedy, and mm-hmm. Kennedy was still the president um, in the 70s. I, I, and, and, and the first lady is Marilyn Monroe. I was gagging. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it brought up some interesting um, comment, commentary about um, communism in general. The, the one kind of question that I'd... Was a thing like how? Why is Lois Lane like already married to Lex Luthor? Which um, it, it was just kind of like really like we're already going there. Like it's in like the first like five pages. And I'm like, oh, she's already married to him. Like it's not just like a, she falls in love with him kind of a deal. Um, I, I I thought I thought that was a little a little like forced. Oh look how weird this new timeline is because obviously Superman wasn't there. Um but uh I don't know. I, I uh, I'll let you guys talk for a while. I feel like I've well, talked too much. and,
1: and that brings up a, an issue that I have with this book in general. I wasn't gonna get into it this early, but I feel like there are interesting concepts in this, but I feel like it's too short of a story that everything seems so crammed in there. like I think they're really good ideas, but it's like if this was an ongoing series or this was like, 10 issues rather than three issues, I think it would have worked a little bit better because it's like, I feel like the whole Batman storyline would have been cool for, you know, its own trade almost. And uh, I feel like there's all these ideas that are crammed together and how, you know, these things come to power. Like, I also feel like it's sort of oddly convenient that the only thing that makes, in theory, in this world, the only thing that makes capitalism work is Superman being American. You know, like, suddenly he's not here and capitalism falls apart. Like, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, at least not from a socioeconomic standpoint. Um, and I also feel like my other critique of it, and we, we can get into it, is I feel like Lex Luthor's plans for taking over Superman, like, he's supposed to be, like, this super genius guy to the point where he's playing chess with nine different people at the same time and listening to a book on tape because he just invented the Walkman, and yet his plans are fucking Dudley Do-Right weird shit. Like, it's really stupid. Like, his big plan to get Superman's DNA is to crash Spudnik into Metropolis knowing that he's going to come in and save it. Like, that's just, it's weird.
2: So, so the, I, I guess like my argument against some of that is num- number one, think about, think about comics as a business instead of as an art form. And if you have mm-hmm. a store you want it and you, you're worried about it selling, obviously you're only going to put it in three books. You're not going to do a whole ongoing series. Like, you know, you, ha- you have to kind of play that risk factor of, well, if this mm-hmm. is a giant fucking flop. You know, people aren't gonna keep buying it, so I need to, you know, and and also it obviously has a, an end point already, and so even though some of it does obviously feel like smashed and there's a, you know, the, there's like the the time jumps in between the the books. I, I I think it was fairly smart to just do three. You kind of get the basic ideas. You're not, you know, they're not delving too much into some of the stuff, and you know, they're just kind of making sure this thing keeps going on. Because there's also not, nothing worse than a miniseries that you feel like is just dragging on with filler, like a lot of movies that are based on books and stuff these days, where it's just like you did not need to split this into uh, four movies. The Hobbit. Um, <laughs> because there's not, there's not a whole lot of story there. So, you know, just compress it all down. But, um, the other thing is with, with his like kind of hokey, uh, Lex Luthor's kind of hokey things, but like, once again, think about if we're still back in 1950, think about all of the stories that happened in comic books around that time in 1960s, they were all hokey. Weird supervillain plans to to quote get to get the good guy. So obviously Lex Luthor's uh, plans of like you know sending all of the the joke supervillains at him, um, I, I I I thought was kind of funny and like oh the supervillains are now like Lex Luthor's like little plots to try to get him. I thought that was funny and I also was a little I kind of liked the Sputnik crash, but you know.
1: And I'm not necessarily complaining about that in general, but like, there's—I've made a list of like all his weird attempts to get Superman. There is the crashing of Sputnik. Mm-hmm. There is using Brainiac as an attempt to shrink Moscow, and then he gets Stalingrad instead. Using Batman and the KGB to try to overthrow him. Then there's using the Green Lantern to try to get him. Then there's unleashing a bunch of super uh, villains to get him, and then his final, like, last ev- thing, which. For those of the people who were really annoyed by Superman versus Batman, there is the note that he leaves with Lois Lane that says, "Why don't you put the whole world in a bottle?" Which I felt like, like I didn't hate this book, but like I, when you stop and really thought about it, I was like, some of the shit just doesn't make any sense. And I felt like if things, if and and this was intended to be a prestige comic, so there's going mm-hmm. to be, you know, they they knew it was going to be more. I mean, it was going to be three issues or it was going to be more. I mean, Mark Millar was not. You know a small-time writer at this point in time superman is not a character that you're not gonna have interest in is not gonna sell pretty well so like if they would have said hey we're gonna do six issues instead of three and they could have you know expanded on a few of these ideas i feel like that might have benefited the story in general because i feel like having all these ideas crushed together it just kind of felt like it felt more like someone sitting around you know doing this kind of bullshit and being like okay hey so what if superman crash landed in russia instead you know what would be crazy okay how do you work batman into that okay well you have you know the kgb kills his parents and then he has to do this and then you have like wonder woman and you know maybe she has a crush on superman but since lois lane's not there because she's still in america there's something going on there and then maybe since lois lane is in america and superman's not there to woo her then of course she'd end up with lex luther and then oh my god you'll go to this crazy shit where lex luther ends up becoming like superman's great great grandfather oh that'd be so fucked up you know what i mean like I kind spoiler kinda alert for everyone. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> By the
2: way, yeah. Well, whatever, the story came out in what, like two thousand seven. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's older than that. I think it's like two thousand three. So, okay. yeah. oh, so Oh yeah, two thousand three. I, I wrote it down. Yeah, bitches. Um <laughs> I, I, I mean I I the thing is that a lot of
2: these kind of alternate universe things, especially when it comes to characters like I thought the whole Oliver Queen Barry Barry Allen thing at the end was a little too forced. Um, That was the
1: part you thought was too forced? Yeah,
2: well, well, I mean, obviously there were were a few things, but, like, that especially, because it was just like, well, how do we put other superheroes into this? Because the thing is, obviously, other superheroes aren't becoming superheroes because everyone's, like, afraid of Batman or Superman. But it was just like, oh, so now they all work
1: at the Daily Planet? Okay. Um, Except for Jimmy Olsen, I, who somehow has a career path as a political assistant and vice president.
2: Yeah, who's an assistant at the CIA? Yeah. yeah. How the
1: fuck did that happen? Agent Jimmy Olsen. Olsen. Like okay.
2: obviously he's blowing somebody.
1: Well, it's like okay, so here, I'm Jimmy Olsen. I'm growing up. I might be a you know little po photographer for a major newspaper, or I'm gonna be a fucking spy. And I'm just waiting for some external force to decide which direction I go. Like I feel like those aptitudes are very different. Uh, like that seemed really weird to me. Um, the so
2: some so to speak of something that I thought did well. I thought that the Bizarro character was done fairly well. I agree with I re- that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the. Uh, you know, he's a, a Superman clone who, obviously, because of the crude science of the nineteen sixties, is just like this hideous kind of creature, but still has uh, Superman's sort of noble intentions. Cause um I think they mentioned that in the like forward of the story, Superman still thinks that he's doing the right thing because of his upbringing. Like he still thinks that this is the most appropriate and the most beneficial for everyone. Uh, he, he's still thinking he's doing the right thing. So the whole Bizarro thing, when um, uh, what was what was crashing, some other thing. There, there was some missile.
1: Wasn't that the wasn't that the Sputnik thing? Or oh no, that was. Uh... It was like a missile from like a uh, a, submarine a submarine or something. Yeah, yeah, from a submarine.
2: And once again, I thought I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't quite enjoy the treatment of Wonder Woman in the story. I thought her yeah. I thought her like joining up with uh, Superman was kind of interesting. I was like, okay, you know, super, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's like, oh well, obviously, if this is the way that the world is going, like, you know, let me jump in with with uh, superman here which is kind of kind of similar to uh, other wonder woman stories
3: we all like winners
2: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and um i i thought that it was weird how it was like she broke the lasso of truth and like she went into a coma i was like i don't remember her like being like mentally tied to the lasso
1: she got old real fast for a second I was like I don't I, I don't get that
2: but obviously they needed a reason for her to like obviously switch sides um, and the other thing that I, I, I didn't like the super quick defeat of the Green Lantern Corps I thought that was yeah. pretty lame like I was just like then why, why do we even bother build this up like I was like what like why like why bother
1: like I'm saying if um, we had a few more issues it probably would have been awesome uh, nah. <laughs> would,
3: would it have been would it that is a good question I mean really what you're looking at with Elseworlds and the superhero comics in general I mean it's sanctioned fan fiction
1: yeah, yeah that's true I not thought about and it that way but yeah but yeah, really, what you're looking is like, oh,
3: I'm writing Batman now. Um, this other guy's going to be doing it in a few months, and it's all just sanctioned fan fiction. I mean, could be writing Harry Potter for the next two hundred years for all we know.
1: Or, I mean, in the fan fiction realm, you could also be writing Fifty Shades of Grey. So, well, we could also
3: all be
2: writing My Immortal. So, I don't know what that is. <gasps> Oh my god, My Immortal is this terrible... Oh my god, you, got, you guys need to read this so bad. I might even just put it on the fucking list, though. You guys have to read it. Is it a comic, or is it like... My Immortal is terrible, this terrible Harry Potter fan fiction, which also <laughs> blends in Twilight themes. Oh god. Oh, oh yeah. my god. And it's and it's just written so poorly that people have theorized whether or not it's like a real teenage girl writing this, or if it's someone just sort of doing the commentary of, like, bad Bad fan fiction. It's, oh wow! And like, and like, everyone is sort of like these weird uh, bisexual vampires, and um, it's it's so oh oh my god! Ugh. You guys have to read this. It's so it's so awful. Um, yeah, like you, you just have to. I, I I think it has its own Wikipedia page because it's so amazing. Anyway, not.
3: Um, <laughs> but uh, I, no no no, you're good. I always like when Q. Gets a loss for words. <laughs> it's, it's <something. laughs> um, so. But, uh, so, yeah. but, but like my, my, my favorite
2: Elseworlds tale is Kingdom Come, and even mm-hmm. though it was only four issues, I kind of liked that I didn't have to have everything. Like I don't I don't need it explained to me. I don't need to have, you know, because to me it was all about the little moments that happened in the side that I that weren't like spelled out, being like pointing out, hey, this is what happened over here. Like one of my fa- one of my favorite um, things is when, um, uh, so oh. Uh, I, I'm like I'm like do we even need to talk about this um is uh, in the in the final battle when um Oliver Queen is holding his daughter who I believe is probably dead at the time and or injured and he just looks up and he's crying and you see the nuclear thing coming and he just like doesn't even fucking care and but the thing is he's always like off to the side like there's he's never like full like on panel like Oliver Queen is you know sad that his daughter is dying he's it's always like kind of like off to one or he's like in like a big like chunk Mm -hmm. of like everyone's everyone's reaction at the time and like to me I'm like that's the kind of stuff that i like in these elseworld kind of stories is like when you get that little glimpse of of a character who you already know you don't need to be explained what's going on and it's it's cool
3: it's like more hemingway less hugo yes because because like
2: because even in this story um like the whole the thing so when um the the illegitimate child of stone, whatever his name was. Your are? Um, yeah. Uh, like so when he kills like the kids' parents, who quote unquote Bruce Wayne,
0: mm-hmm. I didn't
2: need the next panel to have the kids surrounded by bats. I uh, could already see that, that, that that's what was happening. And so mm-hmm. I was just like I was like, oh you ruined it. Like you should have just like left that out. Like I didn't need that. Um,
1: or you could have cute,
3: but there are people in the world that get confused by the Mission Impossible movies at the same time. <laughs> well, listen,
2: everyone got confused because no one fucking cares. Uh, I mean, it, like it's Mission Impossible, people. Um, any, anyway, like I, I enjoyed this. I thought I thought it was a, a fun and interesting kind of way uh, um, of, of sort of uh, trying to talk about. Uh, Politics and whether or not, cause I, I mean, even though the the letter thing was kind of hokey, like I was like, oh, like you sometimes you just have to state to someone to their like when they're when they're being kind of a dick or when they're mm-hmm. obviously wrong or you feel that they're wrong about something. Sometimes it just takes you telling them, hey, P.S. This is what you're doing, um, in order for them to react to it. I kind I kind of like that.
3: You no, know, I enjoyed it too. Listening to you talking about it my own thoughts about this is the um with it just being three episodes you can tell mark millar did have a bunch of fun and how you painted the whole concept theory idea probably happened <laughs> but, and i could totally see that happening too brian you know you can always find a second job at dc if things don't pan out for you, you
1: know, i might look at that
3: <laughs> so but at the same time it was fun and with it being just three issues it's not exactly taking itself too seriously either i mean it's just three issues who cares
1: yeah i get that i just i guess my ultimate point on that is i feel like there was enough interesting stuff that was hinted at that i almost wanted to stick with and there's a few things where you're like wait that kind of felt like it came out of nowhere like I just I wish there was a little bit more to it and maybe that's maybe that's a good sign Maybe that's a sign that I like I wanted it that I thought because I wanted more out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but I feel oh. like with the abbreviated nature I felt like the weakness was is that sometimes some of the elements of the story kind of felt like oh, isn't that convenient? You know what I mean? Like oh, yes, and we conveniently now have President Luther who now conveniently has access to Area 50, uh What to Uh, 51, um, Mm -hmm. and that conveniently has the uh, Green Lantern, you know, spaceship, and so now, him being Lex Luthor, he can try to develop his own Green Lantern core. Like, I understand working in the green lanterns and all that stuff and that's kind of that's fine I guess it just a lot of it because it's so smashed in there it just felt like okay and then this is conveniently gonna happen here and this is gonna get like it just I feel like if you drug it out then things could lead into each other a little bit more and there could be subplots that were developed a little bit more and things could develop that way um, I also was interested in um, the romance between or the potential romance between uh, superman and wonder woman like i thought that was something that if you're gonna do an elseworld's tale everyone's so used to the lowest lane superman romance play up one that we don't see very often which is the the wonder woman and superman romance i mean because then she can be even more brokenhearted when he turns out to be more of a dick you know what i mean and that would you know inspire her to you know either fight against him or fight for him or i mean that tie that in a little bit more i felt like there was a lot there's a lot of different areas where i felt there was more to be able to be played with and i felt like there's a longer format for this that might have been beneficial okay uh as we come to a screeching halt on that thought process <laughs> <laughs> uh I, okay so uh well so w-
2: w- one of my questions was was uh, during this so um hippolyta mentions that there there's people from atlantis at this at the table they're not on panel but i'm just like so <laughs> So like where like where is like Aquaman standing in this? Because like I, once again, I would assume that if he was part of like the communist group, that he would be part of like the big fights. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we don't care about Aquaman that much. No, so, no one cares you know, about Aquaman that much. And then, but you know, that's just, true. But <laughs> <laughs> listen, Jason Momoa, anything that he does, I watched his workout videos on Instagram. His
1: workout videos.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, of him getting prepared to be Aquaman, I'm like, ugh, I don't fucking care. Is it, care it, what, is, is it is actually like okay?
1: Then do 50 reps, or are you just drooling over him as he does?
2: No, no, he's he's just like working out. Like I don't, he's not wearing a shirt. It's fine. <laughs> okay, um, so
1: that's what I'm going for. that's what you're really watching. It's yeah, watching a shirt um, the guy. Okay, I got.
2: It. But or or like you know any of the other heroes, like how come Flash then doesn't become Flash just because you know Batman or Superman's now a communist doesn't stop Barry Allen from being. You know, getting in his uh, whatever the accident that he was in. So I'm just like, you know, how, how come he doesn't get to become the Flash then? Um, or why is, you know, how did Oliver McQueen go from being like a spoiled rich kid to being someone who works at the Daily Planet? Yeah. Um, like, like the, those kind of things. Or also, one of the, as a as you know, DC continues to revamp their their continuity. Whereas Black Canary, P.S., I'm really tired of people not putting Black Canary in stuff. She's kind of fucking
1: awesome. <laughs> um, well, doesn't like, DC yeah, redo their, like, uh, redo everything like every two or three years. I feel like every two or three years, like it's, oh yeah, by the way, it's that like, stuff doesn't count anymore. This is what matters. Oh wait, no, never mind. That doesn't count it's anymore. Like
2: every ten now, it's it's really it's really gotten out of hand. It's I, I think I think it has a lot to do with just the way that comics are these days, where people are more interested in sort of the more mass media stuff than the actual comic books anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, even Marvel has obviously tried to, try to redo their continuity a few times, and for Marvel, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to quite work. as as well, because because um, because they, they they've never really set up the um, the big overall parallel Earths. Even, even though there have been a lot of parallel Earths that have been brought up in um, in Marvel comic books, for the most part, it's just been kind of in the X Men world where there's lots of alternate realities and in, mul- in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's hasn't been like a, a huge overarching thing where DC has done that a lot. So um so it's always been kind of a part of DC cuz I think they they did Earth 2 back in the 70s with the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. um to, to so um so that like our, kind of started it off where like there's always this other alternate earth um so that was like always part of it and then when they did Crisis in the 80s um you know they had to like, sort of reboot everything and now they just continually do it for no reason I'm like can't you just like like let like let's just go let's just do this for a while but uh, people are really pissed at this uh, new 52 that they tried to do so uh, they're you know doing it again with rebirth um which is uh, you know I'm not a, even though obviously I talk a lot of s- stuff about a lot of comic books I'm actually not a he- I'm not like a big <laughs> DC um, follower I'm obviously more of a Marvel person especially um, X Men and but you know I still follow comic books but like DC just has always seemed to me to be a much more of a mess continuity wise I think it's because it is so old and the, and the characters are so old and old meaning they've been around the longest not that they're old and tired mm-hmm. um, or uh, but like they, they've just been around for for the longest, so. But then they're so iconic, so they feel like they need to make them fresh, and they need to have all these ideas, which is where Elseworlds I think first started from, and um, and you know, so they're just always trying to reboot, and I'm just like, ugh, like why? Because to me, that that's that's how I've gotten lost in a lot of comic books is uh, like r- stopping from reading them. So I'm like, I want to read the characters that I grew up loving, and I want you know other people to enjoy those same characters which is why i enjoyed it so much but like i don't even know like i couldn't even tell you what's going on in wonder woman right now um even though she's one of my favorite characters because i have no idea because i don't know who that character is anymore she's now like the daughter of zeus and is like stupping superman and all of the stuff and i'm like who who is this wonder woman that's not that's not my wonder woman she's a slutty wonder um, woman, like
1: I, you see at halloween
2: yeah I I mean my Wonder Woman is uh you know, the the baby made out of clay that Hippolyta prayed to the gods to make come alive and they all bestowed powers on her. Like I anyway. That's more shit than I knew about Wonder Woman right there. P. S. <laughs> you're welcome. I just got on these rants. I'm so I'm so sorry,
1: dear listeners. That's what they paid for. Um No, that's great. Okay, uh, before we go on, Todd, do you have any thoughts on uh, on one woman being made out of clay or anything like that?
3: Well, that being said, this past year, I read Grant Morrison wrote a novel called Super Gods, and he basically walks through the history of the comic book industry and the different um, major influential characters throughout it. And with saying that DC is a mess, it's absolutely true, because DC, through the years, they would gobble up all these other imprints. Mm-hmm. And then they would just buy them out straight up and says, and now you're part of the DC universe. And they did that for years and years, and that's where hundreds of these different back catalog and B characters have come from.
2: Well, yeah, that's where Captain Marvel comes from. Well, mm-hmm. And that's why for the longest time he had to be called Shazam, was because... Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel had already created, the, by the time that they, the DC acquired him, Marvel had already created a Captain Marvel. And because that was their name, they were like, well, you can't use that name. And they're like, well, fine, we'll fucking call him Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: Totally, what happened there? And they talk about the whole history of Wonder Woman on how that was interesting. Uh, yeah, for, first of all,
2: the origin of Wonder Woman is <laughs> actually extremely interesting. Like the whole it
3: really her, is. Her, her
2: creation. First of all, the guy who created the lie detector created Wonder Woman, and he's just pretty fucking awesome. I um I have I have a book that I haven't quite finished reading yet. Um, which is pretty much the entire history of him. So like starting with his birth, mm-hmm. which he comes from a really crazy family to begin with. Um, but. But uh, anyway, um, shit, where was I going with this? But like Blue Beetle uh, came came from. Uh, oh, what was the name of that comic It was like Captain Marvel, uh, Blue Beetle, The Question, uh, just, uh, Captain Adam Like th- they all came from a different thing, so they just kind of like forced them into the the, the DC universe, and it mm-hmm. just it just kind of messed things up. And anyway
3: makes it a mess. Even this red sun I was reading up on, it's on Earth 30
2: of their yeah. multiverse. Well, yeah, so once again, there, the new 52, what, what that kind of states is that there's 52 alternate Earths now. There used to be an infinite number of them, and now there is only 52, and each one is... is uh, there, There's actually a... I think there's a meme going around the internet right now. It's usually sh- shared by comic book blogs that sort of states which... Which uh, alternate universe and what the name is? I think the Earth that we are, quote we are on the the main convert I think it's like Earth Zero, or mm-hmm. maybe it's Earth One. Um, mm-hmm. But but there but then they already set up Earth Two as a major thing because that's where the gay uh, Green Lantern lives, Alan Scott. Um, well, he, he's stuck enough to live on this own planet. What the hell, man? Uh, apparently not. Well, the thing that like weirded me out about uh, we're we're always so off topic. Um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing that weirded me about that is um, like making Alan Scott this gay character, though, awesome. And you know, obviously, we want some more diversity. Um, first of all, in the in the issue that he was introduced, you have uh, the women in fridge syndrome, where his boyfriend totally gets fridged. Like, I think it's on like the third page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he fucking dies, and, and I was like, I will. <laughs> (laughs) Bend you as Green Lantern. Um... Uh, but, like, it totally cuts out the extremely uh, interesting characters that are around Alan Scott, which are his ex-wife, Thorn. Thorn, um, who... There's uh, literally has
1: a thorn in his side, I'm
2: sure. Yes, well, yeah, she's, she's his his arch nemesis, and she had... Uh, Wait, so I mean, he's, was... he's
1: a gay character with a former wife who is his arch nemesis? Well, she, so was or what? well she, she was never introduced.
2: Well, she was <laughs> never introduced in the New 52 because um, they made him a gay character. Um, no, I'm talking about the Original, So Alan Scott was the original Green Lantern back, you know, when Green Lantern was first introduced, I guess, in like the 40s or 50s. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and his, his uh, I guess, girlfriend then became wife. Um, she had, I guess, plant-based powers. And her name uh, her name was Rosen Thorne. And she eventually just started going by Thorn. She was one of those uh, characters who had the split personality. One was the good one, one was the bad one. And and then they had two children who eventually joined... um, it was an Infinity Inc. Um, Jade, who was sort of the living embodiment of the Green Lantern's power, and she had green skin, green hair, and could just generate uh, the sort of Green Lantern constructs by herself. She didn't have to have the ring. And then their son, Obsidian, who um, could control the dark force or shadow powers, which um, was pretty, pretty cool. And then Obsidian later um, has a whole mental breakdown, so he obviously inherited his mother's sort of uh, mental illness and then he eventually came out as gay and so I guess when they did the new 52 they decided to sort of wrap all that shit up into one character and make Ellen Scott a gay character once again, oh my god, why am I ranting, you guys?
1: I, I, that whole description of that, I'm dizzy now. Like, just, that's just oh, so... <laughs> that's
2: amazing. <laughs> also, one of these days, when when we sit down and talk about the origins of Cable and his convoluted backstory and the entire Summers clan, then, you know, get ready for some convoluted nonsense.
1: That sounds like fun, because, like, actually, I've, I read Deadpool a lot, and I've just about run out of Deadpool comics, and I'm going to have to go read some of the Deadpool <laughs> and Cable stuff, which I've heard is really good. But uh, I, I might have to get some explanation on cable here in the near future.
2: <laughs> but uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with Red Sun. I'm, really I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and, and also, so like, as a, when I, you know, in the trade that I got, there's the sort of sketches in the back. Yeah. And um, and like he's like, people give me shit about you know Batman wearing this hat. It is fucking stupid. People should have really. Given I me liked shit. it. Oh, that's so <laughs> stupid. He's like, it's cold. Batman should wear a Hat? No, he's fine without without the
1: fucking Russian hat. Like I how? thought it was funny. I actually liked that. I thought oh, oh, no it's the hat. Oh. I would it that hat. I would totally cosplay that. On I hat. did like
3: that one moment in the comic books, like Lex Luthor finding the ring. It's like, why aren't you the Green Lantern? And Lex basically went,
1: "Cause I'm a douche." Yeah, which <laughs> oh, I did yeah. I didn't appreciate that too, actually. Yet there are no, these like, great yeah, moments in this. As much as there's some stuff that annoyed me, there are some good moments. I thought were. Uh, And yeah, he is an epic douchebag too. Like to Lois Lane as his wife, like he's a total douchebag. Like, hey, by the way, it's a one-year anniversary. The one day we spent time together. Oh yeah, honey, I'm kind of busy. Like one fucking day that you're like, why she didn't divorce his ass a long time ago is beyond me.
2: Funny because it wasn't convenient to the story. I know. Um, I I also did like um, Lana's. Uh, kind of two, cam- two or three cameos in the yeah, story. I like that his, uh, yeah. his uh, childhood best friend. I thought that was interesting. So, so once again, which is another kind of trope of these Elseworld things. It's like just because. So technically, what changed was that Superman landed in Russia instead of landing in Kansas. Yeah. So mm. how Lana Lang <laughs> then ended up also in Russia? confused
1: me and how batman end up in russia and yeah
2: well, well so so technically the batman thing once again they never claimed that, that 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 character is bruce wayne no
1: that's true that is true
2: so 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 they so they never say his name he so we don't know whether or not that is actually bruce wayne or whether or not that is just a character called batman um so like that, I can kind of live with. It's it's like those other little things, like like once again, Lana Lang is now Russian. Oh, okay. But you know, I mean, it's it, once again, it's fun. It's it's interesting. It's you know, little nods to to old continuity. I mean, just like Jimmy Olsen being a CIA person.
1: That really. Um, that one. That one's a stretch. It really is. <laughs>
2: It's an interesting. Yeah, um, They seem to
1: have looked at it for
2: the movie. Yeah. The, the, the other th- th- some, something that I did find um, kind of interesting, so, like, when, like, there's there's lots of, like, there's lots of, like, green going on. So, like, when Brainiac shows up, it's green. There's the Green Lantern. I was really shocked that Lex Luthor never found Kryptonite.
1: Yeah, I didn't think
2: about that, but you're um, right. In and, and, and hmm. fact, when, when they were talking about um you know how how to how to break Superman, and they thought that it was. Uh, you know, I can't remember now. I'm trying to remember what they use the they used
1: the red sunlights or whatever they used Oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah, so, yeah. That. So, so, so Batman used used the red sun thing, which once again I thought was interesting. But I thought that with that, Batman would also whoop out Kryptonite, um, mm-hmm. thinking that you know obviously it came from the um, the crash that Superman landed in. I. So then, so then, when they were like, "Oh, we found something to use," and you know the alien crash, I was like, "Oh, did that mean that they finally find find kryptonite?" No, we found the Green Lantern ring. Okay, okay. cool. But it, so, yeah. so that, that was interesting that that never came up.
1: Well, I could see like the Kryptonite being protected as a state sh- secret if he really did land in Russia. Like that would make sense to me. But uh,
2: but, then, but then why not? Then why why not, would like, yeah. or whatever his name is yeah. not find out that's about that and then use it against exactly him? That's what I
1: was thinking. Is that probably what, I mean. That would make logical sense story wise. So uh,
2: also something else that I did that I did like uh-huh. was I don't necessarily think that Brainiac was controlling Batman. I think that Brainiac was just playing the game. Superman. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think Brainiac was controlling Superman. I just think that he was playing the game, biting his time, and then waiting for the perfect moment to, to, to strike or whatever. So like, it, I, I, I actually was kind of shocked at that. Not super shocked, but uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, good on you, Brainiac, for you know, for playing, for playing,
1: um, you know, dumb boy for, for a while, um. Well, there, there's one other interesting thought that I think this, this story brings up, of the, the, the major thoughts, is that idea of, like, the nature versus nurture of, like, Superman, part of what makes him good in America is the fact that he's raised by, you know, Pa and Ma Kent, um, and now, you know, he's in Russia, and he isn't necessarily raised by, raised by Pa and Ma Kent, and although he believes, like, I think he starts out as actually pretty good, and then eventually goes back to being good in the middle, but I think somewhere in the middle he gets lost by his own power. Um which I think is part of the same point. But I feel like that is an interesting uh, examination of the the character of Superman of, you know, if he's raised in a different environment, is he still innately good? Well, and
2: it, I, I don't think that the right thing is innately good. Once again, I think what they're trying to say is that he, once again, he's doing what, he, as he was raised, doing what he thinks is right. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, his parents obviously taught him that the sort of Stalin... Communism is what's right So once again, Stalin didn't believe In Stalin's communism He just wanted to keep himself in power mm-hmm. So when Superman finally sees that Yes, people are standing in line starving to death That's when he decided Oh, no, 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 communism is, is not what this is Like, we're, we're still not doing communism right Let me go ahead and then fix this So it's actually communism Where everyone is equal and everyone's getting the same things So once again, he thinks that he's doing what's right and, you know, whether or not we actually agree with him is, you know, up for debate. I mean, just like, you know, Lex Luthor in, you know, the regular comic books, he doesn't think that Batman is doing what's right either. Um, you know, because L- Lex Luthor's sort of jealousy of the, you know, the whole character thing is that he's jealous of Superman's powers because, you know, Lex thinks that he is the epitome of what, uh, man should be, and now there's this alien coming in and stealing the spotlight, um... So, you know, it's still the same dynamic. It's just so, you know, Lex Luthor is now just mad because, you know, Superman's leading for the American, you know, uh, the American way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Once again, I've definitely drank a lot of vodka. I feel feel like I'm losing my own (laughs) train of thought as I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well then, uh, maybe we should uh, we should leave it at to that. Todd, what's your uh, final analysis and/or review of this little piece of work?
3: You know, it was a lot of fun. I'm reading it again. You know, it's feeling a little bit dated in some ways. The um, he says back in 2003, but at the same time, it was a nice little <laughs> capsule. What I really got a kick out of is when I made that comparison that Stalin's name actually means "Man of Steel." because he, that's oh, it's an affectation he took upon. His, his real last name is like seven syllables long. I don't know what it is. But mm-hmm. Joseph Stalin was Man of Steel, or Steel Man is what Stalin actually means. So I enjoyed it. Um, there was a whole lot of ideas. A lot of it was just touched upon. It was just a short three-series run. But the execution, eh, three out of five. I mean, there was a lot of good moments in there, and there was a lot of, eh, it was alright, and it seems like, oh, this sounds like a great idea, let's put all this stuff in there, and when it comes time to edit, they had a tough, like, oh, we can fit this in, oh, we can fit this in, oh, we can fit this in, type of how it felt to me, and a bit rushed, in its own way.
1: Yeah, that's my review of it. Okay. Uh, Q, you're, I mean, do you have anything else to say? You've kinda... <laughs> yeah,
2: I know, I feel like I've talked this whole time. People are gonna hate me. Um, My my thing is that anytime there's any kind of uh, limited series or Mm miniseries, it's always going to feel rushed. I mean, it was the same thing in in Civil War. That was my critique of Civil War, that, you know, although with Civil War, there was the the eight other miniseries that that went along with it. Sorry, I just dropped my... Vodka bottle. Um,
1: Do not waste like, the vodka. I'm,
2: I know. Don't his vodka! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so, like, any any short shorter series is going to feel rushed because they're trying to wrap it up. I mean, there are even some storylines um, in, in comic books which... I have another question. no, no. I'm not going to go into that story. It's a hold their tangent. But uh, so, so, you know, like they're always gonna feel rushed. So you always you're always gonna feel like, oh, well, this idea could have been fleshed out more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I give this a three and a half. I thought that it was. I still thought it was fun. Once again, I, lo- I love a good um, alternate Earth story. Uh-huh. Um, I, I thought the the idea of because it's once again the complete opposite of what we identify Superman as. You know, Boy Scout apple pie all that kind of stuff um, I, thought, I thought that was interesting I thought the different takes on characters were interesting um, you know th- once again the, the whole idea of these stories is to sort of turn them on their ear and, and uh, see you know see how they would be different the only one who really wasn't that different was Wonder Woman like to be honest um she still was you know fighting for justice she just happened to you know pick the wrong side in this one and eventually saw the fact that you know maybe superman wasn't wasn't the best choice um but yeah it was it was good it was fun
1: i i will i'm going to go a little lower than q i would say that i'd probably give it like a 2 out of 3 like i thought it was fun i didn't think I didn't think it was as amazing as the hype leads it up to be, um, and I felt like there was some room for it to be done a little better, and I felt like some of the stuff felt really convenient, but I actually really liked the art, um, and I'm not normally a big art guy, but I thought the art on this was really cool. I thought the uh, the Russian design for Superman's uniform was actually pretty mm-hmm. cool. And, oh, well, uh, well, well, this... So
2: aside from Batman's hat, I actually really did, just to jump on your thing, I actually really <laughs> did like
1: the, the, the redesigns of, of the pictures. Yeah, yeah. No, they're fun. There, and I, I do like those. I, I even kind of like the uh, the flyboy uh, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? the the, the semi Air Force uniform. I kind of like that as well. Um, so, I mean, there, there, there are some good elements to it. So I don't want to bash on it too much, but it just. I, I read it. I think really what it is is I feel like the end of the first book drags a little bit for me, uh, the first issue, and then it kind of picks back up. At a at certain point in time, it picks up to such a speed you almost wish that they would slow down to spend a little more time with some things. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's it's good. For me, it's not amazing, but, uh, I, I mean, I've recommended it to a few people if that's what you're into. Um, but, I mean, I also haven't read a whole lot of Superman comics. I've read a few um, and have enjoyed them. I'm not, not a big Superman fan, uh, but it is an interesting take on the character, and I think it does, uh, uh, it does some interesting stuff. Does anybody have... Any recommendations? Hold, hold, going hold, hold in on. Next I just feel that we kind okay. of
2: we kind of skimmed over like the whole ending of this book. So there will if, if, <laughs> I, if, if I can sort of go back a little bit. The ending of this book okay. I actually kind of did not like. Okay. Um, I I was not a fan.
1: I I kind of think that's one of the it's a it's a dumb fucking yeah. Book, I, so I yeah, agree. I wasn't yeah, a
2: huge it's... fan of the time travel angle. I actually would have liked what I what I would have found more interesting instead of having them send. The uh, the baby kalel mm-hmm. through time was if they sent it to just another planet, and yeah. and and you know once again seeing how it, you know how, how it goes as though like. As though if, if our the Superman in this story sort of came from when our Earth was dying, and so then, you know, this sent got sent to an alternate Earth. It, I, I, I think I would have liked that better. Just the fact that they just sent it back in time to the Ukraine in 1938.
3: I was kind of
1: like, oh. No, I agree with that. Or even if they would have had it sent through, like, a portal, so what actually would have ended up being... The true backstory of our Superman that we're used to would have even have been kind of fun. So then it goes from being an else story to an actual story. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that
2: would have been fun too. If that Superman would have landed in Kansas. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, like, but like, yeah, the whole, like, you know, casual loop and everything, you know, time traveling and basically that just, I mean, it's a perpetual motion machine of, of these events, you know, at that point in time. Yeah. Like, that's that feels a little weird like or even if it had been in the same um the same planet but had not had landed in kansas this time instead of the ukraine the fact that it landed in the ukraine again and went on again like that seemed a little weak sauce
2: um but so for recommendations um i mean i'm reading a whole lot of plays for um for play reading it's uh, in the season of the theater that i do things at it's our time to start like reading new shows to find out what we want to do this season okay. um so yeah in spirit of just art just go out and read and read plays go out and read plays go see shows go go be a part of the arts everyone that's my recommendation
1: okay todd do you have any recommendations I've got a couple.
3: I talked about one earlier in the show, um, "Super Gods" by Grant Morrison, as a novel thing to read. That was interesting. Uh, another book in a is it like a novel or graphic novel? Nope, no pictures. Novel 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 novel. Oh, okay. I actually an adult book. An adult book. I listened to it as off of my Audible account. Oh, rock on! Yeah. So when I was driving out to California last October.
1: Oh, fun! Yeah,
3: that was fun. Wonder
1: what were you going out there for? I don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember from that is, um, did you get Q the vodka? I'm like, yes, wasn't me. expecting that out of your mouth.
1: <laughs> My Mormon parents, the family, just been like, get Q vodka, get him vodka right now. Um, get a lot amazing. of enablers, Jim.
3: But no, another interesting story similar to this. Have you guys ever heard of um, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel? Brian Azzarello did it.
1: I've seen the book yeah, in this comic shop, one. but I've never picked it up, actually.
3: I've got it. I really enjoyed it. And it the whole thing is Lex Luthor's point of view, and he's not, I mean, he's just Lex Luthor, but it, Brian Azzarello goes and really spells out his thinking and his hatred of Superman and everything. But he sees wrong that Superman represents and how Superman's bad for humanity.
1: For what they I think could they have be. That book. It's good. Hold on. chat amongst yourselves. I'm going to take my headphones off for All second. Right. I might have that, book. hold so, on. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> Lex Luthor Man of Steel. So, wait,
3: so. Okay, so but, so, so, it, so it's just like he becomes no, Superman? No, he's just Lex Luthor doing his Lex Luthor shenanigans, but the entire story is from his point
1: of view. Okay. Oh, Is that the that's same that's book as just Luthor? Because I have just Luthor, but I don't know. It's Brian Azarello. Yep, Luther. Okay, no, I have read that. Okay, I'm like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Brian Azzarello. Yeah, okay. No, I have that book. It's Yeah, it's very good. I like it a lot. That
3: one was really good because it's like, where is Luther coming from and can you see his point of view? And you read that book, it's like, you know, I get it. I Yeah. I get it and I can, um, you could convince me that Luther's not wrong.
1: <laughs> so. No, I mean, and it's, yeah, I mean, you look at it from the right view. The art in this also is really cool. I forgot about this book. Yeah, I have have read this. It's actually really good, and the art is—I mean, it's—it's that over-detail stuff, but it looks really—it almost has like an oil painting quality to it. It does a bit. It looks really good. Yeah. Because since
3: I'm throwing suggestions out, I've got one more. This
1: one's another Azarello
3: It's off of the Vertigo Crime imprint, and it's called Filthy Rich, and it's just a hard-boiled, black and white graphic novel, and set place in the '50s, '60s type of a deal. It's awesome okay no superheroes or anything about it but it's just called filthy rich bad behavior it's kind of um, sunset boulevard-esque
1: okay yeah Uh, um my i don't necessarily have a conflict recommendation but uh there is a twitter account that i have recently been reading that is very funny Mm -hmm. uh called uh fake theme park um and uh it has some really funny shit on it um and uh, if you're if you're scouting through Twitter, worth checking out. It was actually very funny. Um, and since I have not had enough time to read a lot of comics while I've been working this week, um, I will go with the Twitter account because it's nice and short and quick, and you can you know read something between cues. Um So cool. So it looks like that will do it for us. We'll see if we can get Adam on here uh, next week. We are going to be discussing Lock and Key, which I would have, maybe I'll have Adam introduce since it is his recommendation, a book that he would really like. Um, it's by Joe Hill. The artist is escaping me right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we're reading. Which one? Lock and Key? Yeah, Lock and Key. Welcome to uh, uh, Lovecraft is the name of the book. Yep. Um, <laughs> and the artist, I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, that's what we're reading for next week. So cool. Thank you, gentlemen. And we will stop this recording. That'll about do it for this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Once again, all the recipes you've heard on the show can be found at our website, as well as links to our social media. Uh, That website is www.funnybooksandfirewater.com. Next week we'll be discussing Volume 1 of Lock and Key, Welcome to Lovecraft, by Joe Hill, with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Tumblr. Also, give us a like and a good review on uh, whatever service you downloaded this podcast from. That really helps us out. Until next week, please support your local comic shop, and don't forget to tip your bartender.